If you've ever secretly wondered, like I have, how did we get to this point of living the way we do these days, then this clip is for you. Hey, Adele here, and welcome to the podcast where we explore all things related to your purpose, your personal mastery, psychology, identity, and what it takes to really live up to your full potential. And if you're like me, sometimes you might look around and wonder a sense of, gosh, did we miss the memo somewhere that everything we were led to believe was supposed to be that now would be our best time ever? We've never had lives with more technological advances in science and medicine and uh, big advances in business. And yet so many people are left feeling lonely, isolated, not feeling connected, and wondering why that is. So I wanted to share with you today a story that stuck with me the first time I heard it. I believe it came from the field of cultural anthropology. And it's just a story about man. And you can feel into what parts of this resonate for you. And maybe some of it does, maybe none of it at all. But I'd like to share things that I think might help illuminate where we've been and why we are where we are today. Once upon a time, long, long ago, humans used to live in small groups. Humans were designed to live in small bands of people. According to the anthropologists, they say that optimal numbers were about maybe 150 people per band. And humans lived a very nomadic lifestyle, meaning um, humans followed big game, buffalo, deer, that we were hunters and gatherers first. So wherever the big game went, that's where the people went. And we followed herds of animals, and this had a certain honor for the seasons of migration patterns, and we roamed the earth in that way. And since we were hunters and gatherers, some people were off sending a lot of energy chasing the big game, and other people were gathering um, fruits, perhaps nuts. And one day, one of the gatherers, perhaps a woman, or that it could have been a man, she dropped some seeds onto the earth. And she noticed later that things started to grow. And that was really interesting. And at that point, humans realized they could grow things. So instead of relying only on chasing large buffalo, humans realized they could actually grow food. And this realization opened up a huge field of potential in terms of what was possible. This became the role of agriculture. And people learned how to grow food. And this had a profound impact on groups of people because you could save a lot of energy now. Instead of using all your energy chasing the big game, you could grow more food and raise smaller games such as chickens. And the benefit was you could also stay in one place. 
Because when you were a hunter and gatherer, it was a very nomadic lifestyle. And people didn't bother acquiring very many things because you were just going to up and move again with the seasons, with the way the, the, the animals moved. But now that people were growing food, humans started to become more stationary. And they discovered a couple things. One was, in order to grow food, you would need to clear land. And in order to do that, you might need to um, have some sense of space and staying in one place. And with that became the idea of property rights. You know, this was new. This was a new consciousness on planet Earth. The idea that that was your land over there and this is my land over here. That consciousness had never been on the planet before when humans were nomadic. But now that people are moving less and growing food, it became very important to distinguish whose property was whose. And so the idea of land ownership developed. And with that came the idea of laws to regulate how land was used. And this also, in turn, had a profound impact on the sense of identity. Because as people started to grow more food, they realized they could grow a lot more than they needed. And this was good. Because then you had excess left over that you could trade, you could save, and you could actually start building things. So cities started to get developed because we weren't moving so much. We had excess. You could buy and sell things and build buildings. And along with these ideas of buildings, property rights, laws, then a sense of identity started to change because then the idea of who your parents were became very important. Because if you're growing a lot of food on land excess, um, you become very vested in who gets the excess of the fruits of your labor. That you don't want it to go to any child in the town. You want it to go to your specific offspring. Because now we're no longer living in small bands of 150 people moving around. We're in one place, and now instead of 150 people, there may be thousands of people living in buildings. And so the idea of inheritance started to develop. And who your daddy was became very important to determine who would inherit land and property rights. And what this meant was there was a change in the power of women. Because prior to this, when people lived in bands and moved around, the community was considered more important than who your individual father was. There was more of a sense of a a band of people raising children rather than a mother and father in a nuclear family. But now that people are settled Who your father was became very important to determine what was rightfully yours. So legal systems developed, court systems developed, and a certain control over women also developed because you certainly don't want women having babies with anybody. So as these things grew, the role of men started to expand and the role of women diminished somewhat. 
because she learned that she, in order to be part of this society, she needed to give away some of her power because she certainly couldn't live by herself. She was part of this larger apparatus now. And people also realized that once you have land rights and you have coops of chickens that you're growing instead of chasing buffalo, then you need people to defend the chickens. You don't want people from the next town coming in and stealing your chickens. So an awareness of the need for an army developed, this protective masculine concept that there was more awareness of the need for protection of an army, that that became um, elevated. And so the role of women diminished while the role of men increased. And it also showed up in that women became more considered property, just like land, just like chickens, just like the offspring of somebody. That women were now part of this new role of being property to the man because marriages were primarily business contracts, not really meant for romance. So now we have armies that are necessary to protect property rights and chickens. And so naturally there was often disputes and wars and fighting, which had not occurred to this scale before when people were more nomadic. There were battles, but not on this large scale. So gradually, people started to become more of a nuclear family where raising children fell on the shoulders of fewer and fewer people. And the community feeling changed. And this continued on after the agriculture era, then we moved into the industrial era, and then it became, instead of growing food, everything started to focus on, isn't it grand that we can create more? Not only can we grow more food than we need and store it, such that we can trade and build buildings with it, now we can make things, and we can create even more things. And the thought became, more was good. Because there's more for everyone to consume. Isn't this wonderful? And so in the consciousness of man, there there started to be the idea that more was the nature of progress. That in the industrial age or even in the technology age, that all problems, whether it be unemployment or, or starvation or disease, everything could be solved by just growing bigger, growing more, that the excess would be the solution to all of these problems. So business primarily became all about growing more, bigger. Um, the profit in, in terms of Wall Street, that you know, in, in terms of how businesses were evaluated, how performance of business was evaluated, how leadership was evaluated, was on the premise of, well, how much more did you grow? And, you know, there there is some value in that, that there is a natural instinct to grow. But along the way, people started to feel like something was getting lost. How is it that we have so much and yet 
There's a subconscious feeling of, did we lose something along the way? It looks good on the outside, but I'm not really feeling it on the inside. No matter how much I buy or the, the size of my house or my car. And a, per, a spiritual questioning started to happen that perhaps wasn't around way back when we lived um, in smaller communities. And so fast forward, as we continue through the industrial age where everything was about streamlining productivity to make more, and then moving into the technology industry, which is knowledge was supposed to produce more, that growth was the solution. I think now you're starting to see hints that that basic premise is becoming challenged because we're now faced with a world that is being consumed to such a degree that we have serious climate crisis, that the planet is not unable to sustain life at this level when we're constantly the driving to create and consume more. And a lot of people are even taking a look. COVID brought upon a certain introspection for many people of why are we doing this? Why am I living a life of feeling isolated? Even if I have a spouse and two kids, I'm exhausted and overwhelmed. I don't have the support I need. I'm driving long distances in my car to do jobs that don't fulfill me. What is the purpose of all this? To make more, perhaps for someone else, because I'm not feeling it. And yet we are told that that is the nature of what we should aspire to do. And so COVID had a lot of people take a break from the way things had been done. And now there is an internal reflection of, do I want to keep doing this? And so we're moving into yet another era, I believe. We're seeing hints of it. Sometimes people call it the great resignation where a lot of people are electing to just leave jobs that haven't fulfilled them, didn't sustain them to the level they need to survive. Because we need enough that if, if you're not able to generate enough to feel comfortable, it's a very uncomfortable feeling. And, you know, we've seen how right now, sometimes the very wealthy get um, much more wealthy and the, the the people without are really struggling. So there's, a, there's a, a chance for people to take a look at how we've been running business, our basic assumptions about humans. And from an anthropology standpoint, I think we can all appreciate that humans were never really designed to live this way. Like I said at the start of the story, we were designed to live in small bands um, and our intellectual brilliance has advanced much faster than our bodies, our spiritual selves. And now we're given the opportunity to do a reconcile of how I could continue doing it this way, but is this what I want? And perhaps there might be another model coming around the corner that's neither just chasing buffalo, I don't think anyone is feeling up for doing that anymore, or only agricultural, or only relying on mass production and consumption, or only relying on intellectual brilliance to save the day, that there is a way that we can integrate all this in a way that feels much more aligned with who we are as a species, 
And in fact, we must do that. Given the problems that we're seeing with climate change, social unrest, the uneven distribution of basic resources that people need to survive. So it's a very interesting time that you can be asking yourself, well, what do you want in this, in this new world? That there are more options than there have been before. And that's both exhilarating and sometimes a little overwhelming. So that's the end of my story. Obviously, there is no end because um, we're still here. We're still, still feeling it out. And as usual, if you found this interesting, let me know. Um, share and subscribe to this channel where I'm going to be sharing more things around how anthropology, psychology, personal mastery, and thought leadership are coming together so that we can all create a much better future for ourselves and our children. I welcome your comments. And if you are sitting with a lot of stress and anxiety, feel free to reach out, have a conversation to see if we're a fit to work together. So until next time, stay well.